Hello. Welcome back to Murder and Mediumship. I'm Katherine Galvin, psychic medium, true crime lover, and I'm so excited today. So this is just going to be all over the place for our introduction. We're throwing it all to the wind because I have with me here my personal mentor and one of my best friends. She threatened me. I had to say that. Um, Ambrosia Matthews. Say hi. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited to be here. So happy to be here as your best friend. Super excited. As your best friend (laughs) and also a psychic medium. Also a psychic medium. And host of Inner Bloom Podcast. Uh, This is the first time you've been on my show, but Inner Bloom is where it all started for so many people, but I was one of the lucky ones to get started with you and Alexa on Inner Bloom and start doing my own freaking podcast. And I'm so excited for today because Ambi probably doesn't know how the flow normally goes, but we're shaking it up 100%. And we're going to live feel into this case, this murder, this story. I'm saying it like you guys didn't already read the title before you clicked it to hit play. <laughs> but we're going to connect with Lizzie Borden today and give you firsthand how it is that we feel into it. And Ambi's often in the back scene listening with me, feeling into things, connecting with things, and I'll bring what I feel to her and see if she's getting something similar. If she Mm -hmm. says something along the lines of what I say, I feel like we've got a good thing going and then I put it on the show. So there's a lot of like back checking that you don't see. It's not, I guess, like fact checks, right? But it is because we're checking to see if we're getting something similar. Um, Psychic checking, medium checking, who knows? But it's good. It's good stuff. Psychic check... So today, we're going to do that part on the show that I normally do behind the scenes. And this is a really good um, kind of example of how we all work differently as psychics and mediums because I like to have a piece of pen, a piece of pen, or a piece of paper and one pen, the whole pen preferably, and (laughs) sit down and write what it is that I get, whether it's colors or people's names or just imagery of whatever. Whereas, Ambie, you're more vocal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm more auditory. I hear more than I um than I see. Some like I do see and hear quite often, but I'm I've always been more auditory. Yeah. Yeah. So it is very different for everybody and it changes for us kind of as we go and go through different phases of our journey as psychic mediums, because at one given point we'll see physically a handful of times and then we won't for a little while. And it's funny, before we started recording, Ambie just said she had so many freaking dead people in her house today. (laughs) Yeah, so I was doing readings before this, private readings, and I had two of them. And both people wanted to feel into three grandparents and an uncle, both of them. So it was was a uh, lot of people in my space, um, I don't know if you guys have watched the show Ghosts on HBO. Is it so HBO? So funny. Yeah, HBO you know Max. Yeah. So you know the part where they're all talking to her and yes. she's trying to talk to the living person and it's overwhelming? That's what it was for me today. The living person on the phone was asking me a question and I was like, everybody stop talking. I can't handle it. One minute. She just wants to know if the guy she's dating is the one. I don't need everybody's opinion. So it was a lot, but it was good. It was good. That is, it's so funny because when you said that, it clicked for me that maybe I hear less right now because 
my kids is like you know my kids are all so much younger than yours are and mm-hmm. it would be insane to have that level of noise in my head and on the exterior so maybe that's why I see more visually because when I was younger I would hear more it changes mm. changes as you go so Lizzie Borden Lizzie Borden a reason that we're all here all right so let's we are gathered see. here today yeah Lizzie. are we doing a prayer do you Borden. do you say prayers? no prayers no prayers <laughs> let's this is not that kind of podcast <laughs> okay so Lizzie Borden, what I see is a smaller woman, um, and it feels like this is a, a time period. Uh, well, everything is a time period. I understand how stupid that sounded as soon as I said it. I digress. The point is, um, so I have I have no idea anything about Lizzie Borden. I specifically didn't want to look at a picture of her or anything like that. I know that she was accused of killing her stepfather, her father, and her stepmother. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Um, but I also see like a fireplace. That's interesting. I see a big pot and cooking near a fireplace, like an open fireplace. Did she like to cook or like, that is interesting. Why is that being shown to me? Do you want me to tell you how it connects or do you want to feel more? Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So the morning of their death, they were eating, um, mutton stew and it was like the third or fourth day that they were eating this. And uh, it's I, I think it's really gross. It's not something you would eat today. Maybe like my husband would eat it because he eats like gross shit like that. It's but like wild, it, like rabbit Yeah, or like gamey and meaty and full mm-hmm. of the veggies, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Right. So because that matters, right? So they were eating this for a good three to four days. And while mm-hmm. they did have an ice box, it's possible that that had gone bad. And that is why some of them were feeling physically ill. But that has possibly more connection as well because there's speculation that she tried to poison her family. I feel like that with is, the cooking. Is more likely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do feel like, but it feels like poison with like natural things like herbs. It, it doesn't. Go ahead. Cyanide. Cyanide. Interesting. Because um, they see like, um, the pine tree, the that part. Oh, go ahead. What were you? What she you, was trying to acquire the cyanide, but the uh, druggist wouldn't give it to her. So she could have tried with something else. Okay. Because if you do a little bit of research, right? And I know that maybe in the time that we're talking about, there wasn't a whole lot of research out. But I do feel like there were still herbalists around that. Oh, yeah. It's rumored that this will make you sick, right? So, um interesting because I do see her putting it in there with the intention of poisoning them. Um, do I feel like she wanted them dead? Yes. Do I feel like they're, it's interesting to know the motive. I feel like there was a lot of abuse going on for years. What are your feelings on that? So first of all, my feelings are that Mine are kind of clouded now because I've done a lot of research on this. And this is part of why having Ambient to feel in completely blind is so much fun. I also had knowledge of this case before just because I've always kind of been into the macabre. Um, So it was hard to go in completely blank, but trying to figure out what you feel when you already have information, like you were saying earlier, can be difficult. So one more reason that we don't do a lot of well-known cases on the show. However, with her, it was a lot of anger 
that mm-hmm. I got and a lot of jealousy. So the abuse, I would say, I don't know that it was necessarily physical, but I think it was a lot of emotional. And I think that she was in, she was not in a mentally healthy state. So what she may have perceived as abuse was more her perception was false. Do you know what I'm saying? Right, right. It feels like mentally she was unstable to begin with. Oh, yeah. Yes. It also feels like... um, Something with a stepmom. You said stepmom, yep. right? Yep. She wanted her to suffer. She wanted her to like pay pay for what she did, which I again I don't know what she did because it doesn't seem like um like she tried to kill her or anything like that. Like her stepmom tried to kill her. But it does feel like there's some sort of like public humiliation. Um, because I do see like a schoolhouse or like a church of some kind where publicly she's being embarrassed. And somehow or another, a sibling's being brought up in this too. Did she have a brother or was there someone else that like she was embarrassed about? So there was an illegitimate brother. Okay. This was Mr. Borden's. This was Andrew Borden's son. And just to give you like a quick backstory, Andrew Borden married Abby Borden when Lizzie was younger Lizzie's mom died when she was about two years old. So she got sick. She died. It wasn't like Abby had anything to do with it. And then he married Abby because of the fact that she was kind of older. And Mm -hmm. she didn't have, uh, like, she. I don't think she had children of her own. And she was kind of homely. So he needed someone to help with the kids, essentially, and do, like, housekeeping stuff. So he married her to fill that role. Lizzie never let go of that and would actually. Does Lizzie in her, like in her mind, when, I'm so sorry to cut you off, but I have to do this before you finish. It feels like in Lizzie's mind, she's like, she's the reason my mother's dead, which I understand that that makes no sense logically, but it feels like she blames this lady for her mother's death. Perception is really important in readings, right? Because you have to say often with people sitting for you like this may not be how you perceive it but this is how the person on the other side had perceived it so it's almost like they're finally getting that perspective that they wouldn't have seen before coming from that other person so it doesn't have to look like what they would think it would look like anyway um she the humiliation I would say is more because they were an affluent family they had a lot of influence but they didn't live like they did her father was very frugal and she really wanted that money She wanted to be able to live what they called like the area on the hill in Fall River, Massachusetts, where all of the wealthy people were living, but they instead still lived in town. They didn't have running water like the wealthier people did, and they didn't have indoor plumbing like the wealthier people did. So she was- Do you know if Liz got made fun of for this? I don't know if she got made fun of for it or if she just felt like she wasn't where she was supposed to be, and she was very open about her- disdain toward her family for not allowing them to live there. Recently, her father had started to give things away, like real estate. He owned a lot of real estate. He started giving it away to Abby's family. Oh. So this isn't her blood relative, and she was really frustrated with that. And then her illegitimate half-brother was not part of the family. He was kind of cast away. So I believe he was written out of the will as well. I don't think he was included in anything. So I think that there was anger there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's this feeling of like everybody gets things but me, which again, it doesn't feel justified. It feels like that's her perception. It's also this feeling of everybody's laughing at me when, Mm. when again, that's why I asked if she got made fun of. Um, Mm -hmm. even down to her clothes the clothes that she's wearing because she had money she should have been able to dress nicer but her father didn't buy her like all of the dresses and the gowns and the nice clothing that the girls who had money like her had so she and her sister Emma were constantly left out of that social circle because they didn't dress and act as if they had the money that they actually did have so Andrew Borden came from He was like eighth generation high society, but his father kind of stepped out of that and was a fish peddler. So they didn't have money. So he was a self-made millionaire. He Mm. made all of that on his own. So I think he was a little bit more frugal and he was a little bit um, weary of spending any of that money. So they lived as if they had nothing. So when they started to give real estate away to her non-biological mother, I think she kind of snapped a little bit. And he did give Emma and Lizzie a house, but it wasn't what they wanted, essentially. And it was just to, like, hush-hush after they threw a fit. So I think Mm -hmm. it feels very spoiled to me, and it feels very, like, um, like a five- or six-year-old throwing a tantrum, right? It's not necessarily justified. It's just inappropriate in a tantrum. Now, was Lizzie in her like 20s when she when this happened? She's 32. 32. Interesting. Um because what I see or what I hear is like um she still would have had to have been married to have money. Yep. And she did not like that. Yes. There's also question over and this has been like cautiously speculated but whether or not she was a straight woman I don't think that she was yeah I don't think she was either and I think that was part of the problem she was very heavily involved in her church she was a Sunday school teacher and she I believe like with the children she taught Sunday school and she was also someone who was always involved with church activities but that was essentially everything that she had going on for her that was it (laughs) She didn't write books or anything like that? Read? Read or write books? I don't think she wrote any books. Not that I've... Was there a journal that was found? No? I don't think so. There was a note that was supposed to be at the scene that I don't think was actually there. But that's all the writing that I know of. But again, who knows? Because the thing is, too... Like a little journal. Like a little red binder. I think that there was a lot that wasn't collected because the murder happened in 1892. And Mm -hmm. they were looking for a robber, not for the 32-year-old hag daughter of a wealthy man, you know? Makes sense. So are you familiar with the rhyme? No, but I'd love to hear it. I'm excited now. You haven't heard this? Lizzie Borden took an axe, gave her mother 40 wax, and when she saw what she had done, she gave her father 41? No, I've never heard that. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. So it's it's inaccurate, but it's still um, – I believe it was something that they had created to, like, kind of, like, make sales over and, like, that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. on August 4th, 1892, Andrew Borden and his wife, Abby Borden, were found murdered in their home in the town of Fall River, Massachusetts. It appeared that they had both been bludgeoned to death by an axe. 
Andrew was found lying face up, slumped sideways on a lounge chair in the sitting room, while Abby was found upstairs in the guest room, lying face down as if trying to escape to dive under the bed. You can find the pictures. There's crime scene photos of this, which is just like riveting because it's 1892. But you yeah. can see these photos and it's wild to, to be able to see the way that Abby is like laying down. It's really, she was definitely trying to escape. The newspaper that was published on August 4th, 1892 read Andrew J. Borden, the millionaire mill owner, and his aged wife, Abby Borden, Damn! Right? were murdered in their home today just before noon. And although there were members of the family on the premises at the time, they heard no sound and the murderer escaped without leaving a clue so far as known, although his clothing must have been covered with the blood of the victims. And... How, like, okay, his aged wife, Abby, I about choked when I read that the first time because how freaking rude. But then also he gets to be the millionaire, right? And according to that newspaper, they're already saying for someone to have to have left that house in the middle of the day like that, how Mm -hmm. they would have been covered in blood. The room was spattered in blood, okay? Yeah. But they say that Lizzie passed by her dad around 11 a.m., on her way to the barn to get a piece of iron to mend a flower pot. The servant, Bridget Sullivan, who was known to the girls as Maggie because their last housekeeper, her name was Maggie, so they couldn't be bothered to learn this girl's name, right? This is just the girls. Good parents called her Bridget. So just to, like, further give you an idea of how shitty they were to, like, humans in general – Bridget had also seen Andrew in the sitting room as she passed through the same time as Lizzie, but heading upstairs with a pail of water to wash the windows. Abby was upstairs changing her dress, getting ready to visit with a sick friend, and kind of fixing up the guest room because their uncle John had stopped by the day before. So he came into town August 3rd, and he was there the morning of the murder, but he had left and gone into town at the same time about that Andrew had gone into town to run some morning errands. However, he had not yet returned. Now, there's speculation that maybe he had something to do with it. Some people say they saw a male standing around the house. Others have said that it like they saw nothing. It's a very busy street, and there's a lot of neighbors, but no one saw anything out of the ordinary, which, again, I think is very interesting. So when Andrew gets back home, he mm-hmm. walks up to the back door, and he tries to use his key to unlock it from the outside. But it won't unlock. It's bolted from the inside, so he can't get in. So he goes to the front porch, and he tries his key, and he can't get in. So Bridget, or Maggie, comes down, and she lets him in. Now, at this time, Abby was actually already dead. She had already been bludgeoned to death upstairs. Andrew comes in. Sits down on the chair to kind of like take a nap. Asks Lizzie like, hey, where's where's your mom? She says, right. Mrs. Borden went to visit with a sick friend. So she lied. She assumed that she had already left. Okay. According to her. Okay. Other sources also say that this latching of the door was very mm-hmm. common that they would always lock the door behind them. So Mm -hmm. according to a couple of sources, Lizzie told Bridget, don't bother locking the door. I'll be in and out. Mm -hmm. So she Mm -hmm. set that up already. Don't lock the door. So later she can say, 
that the door wasn't locked like normal. Anyone could have come in. So Mm -hmm. 15 minutes after she goes out to the barn, she comes back inside and discovers her father's body completely mutilated, lying in a pool of blood by, by the side of like the lounge chair. So she screams and the family servant comes running from the back room where she had been washing the windows and the neighbor, Mrs. Churchill, comes running in too. So, and this is taken straight from the newspaper article that was published that day, which obviously I'll post links to so you can see because it's pretty cool. But when Lizzie calls for her stepmom, there's no answer. So she runs up the stairs and finds Abby Borden and faints. I don't, I feel like this was a show. I don't necessarily believe that it wasn't her, that it was her. We'll let you decide what you think, um, what you see. There was no sign of a struggle with Abby or with Andrew. And the first blow to Andrew appeared as if he were looking straight at the person that was about to put the axe square into his head. That first blow killed him. But she then gave him another 18 blows to the back of the head. Damn. Okay. I'm so sorry. 10 more blows. Andrew had 10 to 11 blows to the back of the head. Abby had 19. So she hit her Ooh. over the head with the axe 19 times. Okay. The skulls were in the courtroom. They brought the actual skulls to court. So. Wow. They did not play around at this time, huh? They did not play around. The newspapers that were published within a few days alleged that it must have been an intruder who slipped in, committed the heinous double murder, and then slipped out, undetected by Lizzie or Bridget. Emma was out of town visiting friends, so she wasn't even in the area. And even the paper noted how someone who killed anyone in that manner must have been covered in blood, as the rooms the murders took place in were completely covered, dripping in blood. Um, When Lizzie found Andrew, he was still, like, bleeding. He was still actively bleeding. It had only been 15 minutes since she left out to the barn, right? Abby upstairs, though, the doctor had noticed upon, like, further investigation that her blood was already dried. She was cold. She had been dead longer. So they speculate it was about an hour and a half between the murders. So someone took this axe, bludgeoned Abby to death, waited, and then killed Andrew as soon as he sat down and was undetected by the other two in the home. So Bridget's right in the other room. Lizzie had stepped outside. Fifteen minutes go by. Nobody hears anything. No thuds, no screams, no nothing. No thunk, thunk of like the axe on a person's skull. Nothing. Somehow no one hears anything. So... What's interesting to me, though, is that a lot of these present-day accounts mention that there was a robbery within a week to a few days prior to this murder. But if you look at the papers from that time, from 1892, that robbery had taken place nearly a year ago. And it seemed like an average robbery at first where jewelry was taken, but it was the middle of the day, and only jewelry from Abby's room was stolen. No one saw anything. Come on, it was an insider. That's... That's very suspicious. Um, Lizzie was also known to steal from the stores in town, and they would just note it and send the bill to her father. So she already had a little penchant for thievery. Mm. I mean, wow, it's pretty, it's a pretty stacked case against her. I know, right? So Mm. the robbery, though, it's just, it's interesting to me. They talk... A lot about how 
Abby and Lizzie did not get along. I don't think Lizzie really gave her a chance to even be a good human, even if she was a good human. But Lizzie had gone through a lot of loss. She lost her mom really young. They lost their middle child, Alice, really early as she was a toddler. The brother was cut out. Her uncle Mm -hmm. would, like, come and go occasionally, but they didn't see him very often. She would only go to church. It didn't seem she really had a social life. She was kind of a loner. And I know you asked earlier if she got made fun of. There was one case I was listening to where there was one, like, uh, summary of this case where they were talking about how during the trial someone had mentioned that their daughter, like, wasn't allowed to play with her because she was kind of weird. So Mm -hmm. people didn't like – having her around she made them uncomfortable so it kind of she probably did feel alone but she also didn't really appear to be all that inviting to others either so I'm not sure what do you think what's in your what's in your well I guess that's interesting so uh, hmm I mean a lot of evidence points towards her so you could I guess swing an axe like that but a lot of it doesn't make sense either it's just so peculiar because um I personally feel like the the um maid or what what's the appropriate term for that person servant servant okay <laughs> the servant I feel like they were threatened or like made to be quiet in some way Because how do you not see that? How do you not see the blood? How do you not smell? You can smell blood. Like it's, it's a very distinct odor, especially if you're washing things and you're used to cleaning, like, you know, something's going on. Um, I personally, obviously her father was killed by someone he knows because he was sitting down So he didn't feel threatened. He didn't feel like he had to defend himself or anything like that. Um, There is something peculiar, though, about the uncle there. So my question was, who gets the money when they die? Who got the money? The money would go to Lizzie and her sister. Mm -hmm. But. Okay. I was waiting for that. I feel... I feel that she was responsible, but I don't know entirely that she acted alone. No, I don't feel like she acted alone either. I feel like there was definitely someone else that was helping her. Because her I was feel going like- through financial issues with his failing business, with his brother. I'm like slowly giving you these things so that we can keep validating there we it. Go. I freaking love it. And on August 6th, because you can't say she wasn't involved. You just can't. Like you yeah. can want to. You can be like, yo, the girl didn't do it. They set her up. But come on. On August Mm -hmm. 6th, the Bordens were laid to rest. And on August 7th, she was found burning a dress of hers. Okay? She claimed it had paint on it. Oh, my God. So she was getting rid of it. When uh, law enforcement found undergarments with some blood on it, she Mm -hmm. simply said it was her period. If you said that to a man in 1892, they are not going to ask you any more questions. It is over. You say tampon to some men today and they run for the hills. So it's not surprising. So that was shut down. They, um, 
they found the blood was not a substantial amount. So she did say that it was blood from her period. And I don't know if this is the same like part of the dress that she burned if the undergarments were also burned. But it's right. also been said she easily could have thrown another dress on over what she was wearing. And I don't know how true that is either because there's a lot of buttons on those dresses. There's a lot of I don't I don't necessarily feel like that's true because I think she wasn't the one who swung the axe. I think that um, it was much more calculated than that. Yeah. Like she wasn't the one to swing the axe and she was going to be the one to find them. So John Moore showed up the night before and they say that he showed up unannounced when he stayed the night. But again, there are sources who say that um, Andrew had written, he had received a letter from him saying that he was coming. They had business things to talk about. So someone that um, John had just hired, John Morris is the uncle. And it wasn't so out of the blue, but what is interesting is that he did stop by while infrequently. It wasn't completely unusual for him to come without announcing himself. So the fact mm-hmm. that he showed up without an announcement wasn't really that big of a deal. But he was also staying in the guest room where Mrs. Borden was found on the morning of the 4th after being murdered. And he wasn't technically home. But it's interesting, too, if you look at different accounts where he has all of these alibis – It Mm -hmm. almost sounds to me like the image that I get is that he killed Abby, went and made his face seen out in the town, came back, Mm -hmm. then killed Andrew, and then he eventually showed back up. Evidently, while they were investigating, he was out in the backyard, like, calmly eating a pear, like, watching the house. That's weird. Yeah. That's really weird. So... She had informed him that Mrs. Borden had left the house to get a visit from a sick friend and he had left and it was like everyone, like everything revolved around Lizzie knowing exactly who was going to be in the house. Mm -hmm. And I really think that because Bridget wasn't going to be a threat, she had only been in the U.S. for like seven years. I don't think she really had any family there. And I think that it was easy to just pay her off. Well, she moved from Falls River, Massachusetts, Fall River, excuse me, Out to, uh, I think it was Montana. It was Montana. Mm -hmm. And she lived there until she died at 66. So she left to the other side of the country. And she never spoke of it again. I don't need you. No. No, no. Well, probably. I have a big mouth. But (laughs) I I think I would try really hard. I mean, Twitter wasn't a thing. So maybe I could keep it down. But... (laughs) Um, on August 11th at 7.10 p.m., Lizzie Borden was arrested for the murders of both Abby and Andrew. In That's June of 1893, she stood trial and there were doctors there. Her, the doctor who came across the street to check on everybody testified that after checking on him, he asked Lizzie where she had been. And she held on to that story of I was out in the barn getting iron to repair the pot. And she casually yeah. mentioned that her father had been having trouble with some of his tenants. Like I said, he's in real estate and he owned a bunch of properties and he had tenants. And it was kind of rumored that he if you didn't pay right away, you couldn't be late at all. He'd evict you. Right. That was it. It didn't matter on your circumstances. Now, Mrs. Churchill was the first neighbor to arrive on the scene. And when she came over, she sat down next to Lizzie and asked her what happened. And she said her father had been murdered and that um, she had been out in the barn getting iron for her pot, that fucking flower pot. And the screen door was open. And when she got mm-hmm. back there, he was dead and bleeding all over the place. And that she perhaps had enemies and possibly they were even poisoned because they were sick. So it was like she was covering all of her bases, right? Mm. Hmm. 
I think the neighbor being there was like crucial because how crucial for like for someone else to be there, right? Because how does, so the servant was already there, probably Mm -hmm. knew what happened. Probably they, I keep seeing someone putting their hand over her mouth because let's say that she did see the blood or something like that. She's going to scream. She's going to be loud. The neighbor is going to hear her. I digress. Um, It's interesting that Abby was trying to crawl under the bed because that means that she was afraid of somebody. Was she afraid of Lizzie? Probably not. She's grown up with her. Like she's raised her pretty much her whole life. So if, is it Lizzie or Izzy? It's terrible. Lizzie. I don't know that. Lizzie. Like Liz is, if Lizzie was like, had an ax or was like threatening her, I don't feel like she would run. I feel like she would probably fight her, to be honest. But if there's a full grown man with an ax, that's a different scenario. Yep. I'm going to try to crawl under the bed. Um, the other thing here is that you have to think about the size of an axe. This is not like to kill someone. It's not a small axe. Right. It has to be a bigger axe. I know that I have cut down a tree. And I know that when you have a crime of passion, you have adrenaline. And so you could do all of these other things. But for that amount of um, damage that was done to them, I don't think it was a small woman that did it. It just doesn't like physically. Yeah, she was five foot four, so she was my yeah. size. It doesn't make it doesn't any sense at all. You do two swings. If you're lucky, you hit the person, right? And how are you so accurate that you're hitting like right where you should? Because I feel like most women that are not physically fit are gonna like you're gonna chop his arm off. You're gonna do something yeah, else. Yeah, it's gonna wobble. You have one opportunity. What? It's going to wobble. It's like I remember taking a sledgehammer to a dresser that we were breaking down to burn and Mm -hmm. (laughs) that sounded super redneck, but I'm taking the the sledgehammer and that rubber mallet, that whatever, it's heavy. It is heavy and you have to raise it over your head like that and no, no, no. I don't think so. I don't think so at all and I'm pretty sure that John Morse, and I don't recall, but he was a a fairly fit man. Mm -hmm. He was not someone who was tiny. Yeah. And uh, this is, again, this is his sister was the the mom who passed away. This was Sarah Borden. So this is her mm. brother. Um, I don't believe that he and Andrew were having a good time in business. And I think that this was kind of his chance to like, listen, if I off them, you get some, I get some. Well, eventually yep. Lizzie did move. She was acquitted. Okay. She was acquitted. In the meantime, she had... Like, she bought a ton of really nice dresses. She started going out with her friends. She was, like, involved in the theater crowd. She kind of became, like, I guess, like a modern-day, like an 1892 hipster, essentially. Mm. She was with kind of a weird crowd. And she was very much just kind of – she went off the deep end. Like, her whole personality shifted, kind of like you would if you were involved in the orchestration of a double homicide. So she got the money. (laughs) In court, she would often hide her face because she had no emotion. So she wasn't crying. She wasn't doing anything like that. When she was read her rights, when she was read the warrant for arrest, she was unflinching. Like, completely unflinching. Do I feel like she was a sociopath? Probably. Yeah, probably very, very likely. However, I'm bleeding. However, um, do we think she was the one that actually like chopped, like axed them? No. Do we think that she had something to do with it? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So she and her sister later in life, um, they were living together and her sister kind of just moved out abruptly and they never spoke again. And I think there's a, I think she probably found out what happened, that her sister was behind it. Maybe she knew the whole time. I don't really know. But what I do know too is that there are rumors that there was a deathbed confession. Who knows? I feel like that's bullshit because I don't think she helps. I, so. I don't think she cared. Honestly, no, I, don't think so either. I don't think she had that connection. Um, she was acquitted of it, so she didn't serve any time, and she actually stayed in Fall River. And even in her old age, the year before she passed away, when she went to the hospital, she checked in with an alias, and people would still bother her. And this is who she was, but she didn't go anywhere. She maintained her innocence. I think it was bogus, but it was maybe in that way that, like, if you you play with the words a little bit. She really didn't kill anybody, did she? So it was easier to lie about. Um, there are also, like you had said, suggestions and speculation that she was abused by her father, so very possibly. Um, yeah, who knows? And the thing with researching these well-known cases is once you start going down the rabbit hole, there's so much speculation. It's hard yeah. to find just factual things. So finding the newspaper was really exciting. Um and the last thing I wanted to share about the case was that what was it? She did have a female actress move in with her for a little bit too, which when they when I saw that I was like, "Duh, she was totally a lesbian. She was totally a lesbian." Oh, this is what I wanted to say. When you look at a photograph of someone and you okay. see their eyes, you can mm-hmm. feel who they are with their eyes, right? You get that sense of of Most like their of the energy. Time. Yeah. Okay. Most of the time. So, yeah. have you looked at her at all? No. Do you want me to send you a picture of her? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm going to send you a picture. Ugh, my Google search history is getting really dark. This is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, perfect. I'm going to screenshot this and send it over to you. And I want to see what you think. And while I'm sending that to you, you guys, there is still time to sign up for the intuitive development class. It is on a sliding scale basis starting at just $100. It's six weeks long. It will be recorded if you can't make it live. Blah, 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 blah. Go check it out. Get the picture? I got the picture. I'm looking at it now. She does not seem nice. No. <laughs> Interesting interesting huh hold on let me see here because i it's so interesting let me look at one more thing here ah god bless it i don't know how to work my phone borden let me see because i was looking at pick i was looking at her and i saw like a different um picture so i was just curious on what the heck i'm seeing hold on here Gordon. Mm, images hmm. this is the one that i saw and then i just sent you a photo oh yeah 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 Yep. Yeah. And the black dress and everything. Yeah, that's who I kept seeing here, actually. That's how she started dressing after the murders. That's actually why I asked about the book, too. Oh, okay. That makes sense. She's holding a book in this picture. Um interesting. So, oh, I got the goosebumps. I don't like it. 
Um, is that the uncle you sent yep. me? Looks like Abraham Lincoln. I, doesn't um, he look like a psychotic Abraham Lincoln? <laughs> looks crazy. For sure, crazy. Um, yeah, I I feel like when she was here communicating, I asked her if she did it. And again, I don't think she did. Okay. I don't think she chopped them. Let me be very clear. But she was like, yeah, and I do it again. So like, I feel like it just shows like the lack of remorse and the, mm-hmm. um, the psychoticness. Sociopath? Okay. Sociopath. Yeah, I can't find a picture of her brother, but I don't think that he was involved. I think he was so far separated from the family that it, it wasn't, I don't think it was him. I very much think it was the uncle and Lizzie. Yeah. Flat twist. There were more people involved. And yeah, I bet Bridget was paid off. I bet she was. No, I don't think she was paid off. I think she was. Bridget is Just the silence. servant, right? Yeah. Well, I think she was threatened. I don't think she was paid. That's Mm-mm. why she went off to Montana. Who's going to Montana, homie? Like, go south. Why does everyone always go out to the Midwest to be in, like, witness protection? Mm-hmm. If you want to know where to never look for me, it would be, like, Florida, though. Don't go to Florida. <laughs> I won't be there. I won't be there. It could just get chopped off and it would be away. Florida. Florida's wild, man. But you could just throw the body to like an alligator. You're good to go. These are the things that we think about 100%. I have to share this with this community because only this community will understand it. I have a small creek next to my house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and every time I pass it, I look in there like, I wonder if there's a body there. I don't like, what would I even do if there was one? I would fall over. Like, it would just be shocking. Yeah. Okay. It would be shocking. It'd be so disturbing. So Ambrosia, yes, where ma'am. can people find you? Because you oh, do excellent. private readings and you're phenomenal. Phenomenal. And Thanks. Inner Bloom podcast as well. Give us all your shout outs. And you have a much more involved intuitive development course coming up this month, right? In January? Yeah, uh, no, fall? February. February 7th. So um Okay, so I forgot who I am and where I am and all of the things. Anyway, <laughs> my name's Ambrosia Matthews. I do private readings. You can go to my website, ambrosiamatthews.com, with two T's. Um, I have a podcast called Inner Bloom Podcast. We talk about spirituality and like fun woo woo shit. I don't know if I can curse on your podcast. You can say shit. We're talking about okay. dead people and murder. You're fine. Okay. Um, and then what else? We are doing a beginner level intuitive course. So it's 12 weeks. It's going to start February 7th. It's going to be every Monday. Um, It's about 60% filled right now. Um, So this is really good for people that are just starting to develop their intuition. We're going to go over psychic work, mediumship. We're going to do some fun stuff like remote viewing, telekinesis. Um, Ooh. mm -hmm. We're going to do all all the fun stuff. And it's going to be in a group. So you have the opportunity to work with people that are on the same level as you and practice, practice, practice with them. So it's going to be really exciting and really fun. That is awesome. You guys, I 100% encourage you to do that if you're even thinking about it because Ambi is who I started with and holy shit, my life has changed so much. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're also on the Tiki Talkies and Instagram is just Ambrosia Matthews. Ambrosia Matthews Intuitive. 
Yes. Perfect. All right. And Obviously, double- all of that will be linked. You guys go book a reading with her because she's phenomenal. And she's always right, which is really frustrating when you have a best friend who's also psychic. Just saying. So thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, we can get her to come back to the show and do some more of the straight up reading stuff because that was a lot of fun. And you guys have to let me know what you think of this format. Thank you so much. Go drop us some stars. And thank you for all the love. Bye, Bye everybody.